The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode and I'm so excited. We have Holly Howe and she has a website called makesauerkraut.com and today we're talking all about some of the basics and some of your pro skills that you need to do to be fermenting like a pro in no time. So welcome, Holly. Thank you for having me, Chantel. I'm excited to uh, share the uh, wisdom of fermentation with everyone. So it is an odd thing that you have. I, I like I, you're the only person I've ever met that that's like their skill, right? Is how to make sauerkraut. So what kind of got you into this? How did you start making sauerkraut? How did you get passionate about it? And tell us some little instructions on how to do it. Okay, I'll, I'll go there. Um, first off, getting into making sauerkraut, it's really kind of like a lifelong journey. I've always been, been interested in good foods and health and what I eat to me really matters. And so I've always looked for, quote, the perfect diet out there. So over many years, I've looked at different diets and books and ended up not delving too deep into any of them because they always seem so restrictive to me. And I like my eating to be free and more what I can eat versus what I can't eat. And I think that came from a lot of traveling as a teenager with my family. And then I lived in Germany for four years in my late 20s. And all my memories of that time are connected with food. I traveled to like northern Tunisia and tried olive oil we found out in the desert there and Gouda cheese in Holland, Holland and traveling through Russia. And actually, I think now that I look back, it was kombucha I tried. Walked down this little alley in Leningrad and was invited into this little elderly woman's home. And she gave me this fermented tea. And now looking back many years later, I realized that was kombucha. And uh, the market there going in and the whole place was just permeating with the smell of uh, fermented garlic. And in Germany, eating all the fermented foods and sauerkraut that were served with just about any meal. and did not like the sauerkraut at that time. But eventually um, came across the Diet Nourishing Traditions, a book by Sally Fallon. And that book is based upon a diet that Weston A. Price discovered. He was a dentist back in the 30s and 40s and was looking for um, people who had perfect teeth and the right jaw jaw structure and went around the world looking for people as a missionary. And the people he came across, he looked at their diets, he found only 14 groups of people that had perfect teeth and none of the diseases of that time period. And he looked at what they were eating and how they prepared it. And fermented foods were a part of every single diet. And that's kind of what got me started on adding fermented foods to my diet. And Mm -hmm. sauerkraut was one of the first ones because I could easily buy it at that time. And uh, soon it got too expensive to buy and we started making it. That's awesome. Hey guys, I don't know about you, but if you are just feeling so tired throughout the day and just feeling restless at night, then I want you to try something called Energy Bits. Each package is has spirulina or chlorella algae. They're plant-based and they have 
zero sugar, 40 nutrients, five grams of protein. And so you are going to feel great taking them. So go to energybits.com and then you'll get 20% off if you put the promo code Chantel. That's C-H-A-N-T-E-L. Before we get into, I want you to kind of talk about how to make it, but before we do, let's just talk about why is sauerkraut such an easy and flavorful, like probiotic food that you really need to add to your system? Like how does it improve your digestive, your digestion, boost your immune system, like help with brain function? What is it actually doing? Well, you have to, first of all, when you're adding sauerkraut to your diet, you have to make sure you are getting the naturally fermented sauerkraut. Most of the sauerkraut that we see on the store shelves will be found down the aisles in a can, and that is not going to be full of the probiotics. Naturally fermented sauerkraut, you either learn to make it yourself or it's found in the refrigerated sections of the supermarkets, and it'll say raw or unpasteurized on it. And that sauerkraut is full of probiotics and enzymes, and they all help for gut health and I think it's 2007, it was the Human Microbiome Project, where they looked at the gut health of individuals and, and mapped it all out. And we, at, since that time, have really discovered how important what we eat is and how it impacts our gut health. And if your gut is working properly, then you have good energy. The foods you eat, you're extracting all the nutrients out of it. When you ferment sauerkraut, you're increasing the vitamin C content. You're making the uh, nutrients more bioavailable and your brain is functioning better. All sorts of things can go on. You can lose weight easier because the foods, when you're eating fermented foods, they have a savory umami taste to them and are more satisfying. So you tend to eat less, but it's just by adding the fermented foods and a variety of fermented foods, sauerkraut is a great one to start with because it is easy to make and it, can be added to any meal, but by adding these variety of fermented foods, you're adding in probiotics, and those help with the gut lining, help um, you know, give you a good gut health. Awesome. Now, I know you have this great acronym that you kind of talk about, and it's BUGS, B-U-G-S-S-S. So that kind of talks about, really kind of gives you an acronym to remember why you should eat your sauerkraut, right? Right, and why you should eat it, and also how to go about making it. There's a lot of instructions out there on the internet, and uh, people can get overwhelmed and confused. So I try to try to bring it down to a simple process that people can remember, and that they feel empowered when they go into the kitchen and start making their sauerkraut. So we can go over the bugs. Um, it's B for bacteria, U for under the brine, G for great ingredients, S for scale, the other S for salt, and then the last S for simply enjoy. So the B for bacteria, I did not realize when I made my first batch of sauerkraut that I was actually setting up a home for bacteria to ferment the sauerkraut. I thought I was really just making like a batch of cookies just like any other recipe in the kitchen. So it really wasn't until say the last five to 10 years I really understood that it's all our vegetables come, especially those growing close to the ground, like cabbage, are covered with bacteria, just like we are covered with bacteria on our hands, our mouth, our nose, everywhere, the bacteria. We need the bacteria to live. And it's those bacteria that are on the vegetables that are fermenting the food for us. And so we have to remember the bacteria 
and look for foods that are uh, well, you know, grown locally if possible because the fresher the food is and the more nutrients that went into the growing process, the uh, better ingredients you'll have for fermentation. So that first B is the bacteria. And then our second letter U for is under the brine. Fermentation of sauerkraut, unlike kombucha, uh, sauerkraut is an anaerobic process, meaning without air. So when we slice up our cabbage and add our ingredients, we find a way to put it underneath the brine so that the bacteria under that brine can then transform and go to work building lactic acid, killing off the bad bacteria and making your sauerkraut. So we come up with different ways to press our sliced sauerkraut into the jar or crock and then keep it underneath the brine. So that's the V for bacteria. So I don't, I don't totally understand that. You're gonna have to explain that one to me because okay. I, I didn't follow that. Well, that's good because I'm used to talking to people who've done some fermentation. So, so we, we're going to take um, cabbage, we're going to slice it up nice and finely, and we're going to mix it with some other vegetables for flavoring and salt. Salt is going to pull the liquid out of the cells in the cabbage, and as you're mixing it in the bowl, you'll suddenly see a puddle of brine form. That's the liquid mm. that is extracted from the cabbage cells. cells. Gotcha. And then traditionally we fermented in crocks, and it's a great way to ferment. But today a lot of people who are hesitant and just learning to ferment, they feel comfortable just fermenting in a mason jar. So we'll take So when you say when you say crocks, what do you mean? The stoneware crock that you may have seen your grandmother with or your great grandmother with, that's you know five or ten gallons in size or even five liters. And traditionally it was just straight walls to it, and now they're making ones that have what they a water moat around it but it's a big crock in which you're going to pack your sauerkraut into how you know the great you know, your great grandmother may have done back in her basement mm. gotcha so like a like a pickle crock it would be something uh similar to that got it okay and then all right what's the g so so anyway you're packing that that uh sliced cabbage into your mason jar a mason canning jar. And then you're gonna pack it down into the jar and the brine's gonna rise up above the packed sauerkraut. And that will be your brine. You wanna keep it underneath that brine. Okay. So then the G is great ingredients. And I think it's very important that what you are fermenting is fresh local produce or you know, produce that has not been left on the store shelves for months. The longer you leave something, it starts to rot, it wants to decay, and the sooner that we can capture it, the more bacteria that will be on it, and the greater success we'll have. I get a lot of um, readers sending me emails wondering why their sauerkraut didn't turn out, and sometimes it's just that cabbage has been sitting around for too long, and it has dried out, and there's just not enough life to it to uh, have that bacteria. So that's funny that you say that because I have a girl at my house that helps me with all my cooking. And so I just asked her two days ago to take our cabbage and slice it up. So if she came, let's say Friday morning and decided, let's say it was like you sliced it four days ago, would that cabbage be okay to go ahead and ferment? Not if you've left it four days sliced like that because it started to dry out and it's, it is starting to decay. And it, you can try it, but I like to stack the deck in your favor. And the more little tips I can give you to be successful, 
the greater the chance are you going to ferment this mouth-watering sauerkraut that you just fall in love with and want to add to all your meals. So that four-day-old sliced cabbage, like people want to buy sliced cabbage from the store, and to me that's a shortcut that's just going to, uh, you're going to end up with not your perfect sauerkraut. So save that for your coleslaw, go buy a new head of cabbage, and slice that up and make that right away into your sauerkraut. Hey guys, I have a free smoothie book that has over 20 recipes that are super unique, like broccoli bonanza, great green smoothie, and mojito madness, and so much more. They are really amazing and you're gonna love them, and the best part is it's totally free. So go to chantelrayway.com slash free recipe, and you'll get the book and tons of other free recipes. Or just look in the show notes and click there. Wow. Um, okay, and then S. S is for um, scale. It's the first S. And that can kind of scare people away at times. But we're like um, bakers almost. We're setting up a certain amount of salt that goes into there. The uh, microbiologists have looked at the fermentation of sauerkraut, and they've come up with a certain amount of salt that you need to add. If you add too much salt, you slow it down. Those bacteria can't go to work. They just It's too salty for them to work. And it just slows the fermentation way down that you don't get that transformation from a salty cabbage into a sour tang. If you don't add enough salt, then the mold and bacteria, the mold and yeast can grow in your sauerkraut real easily. And then you want, you're in, ending up throwing out your batch of sauerkraut because of the mold that grew on top of it. So the percent salt that the microbiologists have determined is like a 2%. Mm -hmm. So I have people weigh their ingredients and then we add the correct amount of salt. And -hmm. then we have just the right amount for the bacteria we want to work to create the lactic acid to preserve the sauerkraut. Gotcha. Okay. And then what's the next um, Salt. You do need salt for fermentation. A lot of people are afraid of salt because it's been demonized out there and we need the salt for the bacteria to work. There are people that make sauerkraut without salt, but it's, to me, too much of a battle. There, we have to give the right home to the bacteria. And the bacteria like that certain amount of uh, salinity to it. So we add that 2% salt, which is about one tablespoon of salt for a quart jar of sauerkraut. Mm, okay, and then the final S? Is to simply enjoy. One of the most popular posts on my website is 33 Easy Ways to Enjoy Your Sauerkraut. And that tells me that people are really searching for ways to eat the sauerkraut. And it's very, very simple. You put your fork into the jar, you take out a little dollop, and you put it aside <clears throat> whatever meal you're eating. It, you don't have to make something with the sauerkraut. That's the beauty of fermentation is you're making these foods that you then stash in your refrigerator and it comes time to make dinner and all you have to do is open up the refrigerator, pull out the jar, and you're ready to add that to your um, meal. And when you add it to your meal, it just it's, uh, it makes all the flavors pop. The meal tastes so much better. And I discovered that was because umami, which is Japanese for savory, we have a lot of umami rich foods, Parmesan cheese, tomato, miso, tempeh, and fermented foods. And it's the amount, uh, it's amino acid of glutamate, and that wakens the senses. And then when they look at the umami level of food, it's how much of that glutamate is in that food. 
and kimchi is very, very high in umami along with sauerkraut. So when you add these fermented foods to your meal, it's like you're instantly a five-star Michelin chef because the flavors just pop. Everything tastes so much better. Mm. So I like people to keep it simple. You can slather it on a hot dog. You can mix it into a salad. You can use it just about any way, and the flavors go so well with anything. But you don't have to then make things complicated and have a new recipe to use with that sauerkraut. So walk us through just real quick, like how long does it take to make a batch of sauerkraut, like from start to finish? And then give us one of the easiest recipes where you say like, this does not take that long. You can start with this. Um, And I saw on your website that you had some different pictures of beets. Like I love beets. I think beets are so good for you. I I used to never really like beets because the only thing I've ever known was like canned beets, which I think are disgusting. Right. But I think um, I think beets that are fermented are delicious, and I think beets that are fresh roasted are delicious as well. So, what like give us an easy way? How okay. how do I make this? Okay, it probably would take you about twenty minutes, even maybe maybe your first time a little bit longer. But you are going to first slice your cabbage, and I also have you do flavoring ingredients. So you talked about um, beets. So one of the recipes on my website is called Passion Pink Sauerkraut, and that has beets in it. My signature style is I have really never made a plain batch of sauerkraut until just recently as part of my uh, production of recipes for my book. But the uh, Passion Pink Sauerkraut, the flavoring ingredients you're going to slice up are great uh, beet, add some garlic and some caraway seeds. Those go into the bowl first, and then we're going to slice up the cabbage. We're going to add enough cabbage to that bowl until we hit 800 grams or just under two pounds. Then we have all our ingredients in there. We're going to sprinkle a tablespoon of salt over the top and take your hands and just mix, mix, mix. You want that thoroughly dispersed completely throughout all that finely sliced cabbage and grated beets. And you'll soon start to see if you tip your bowl to the side, especially for working with fresh fresh vegetables that still have a lot of moisture in them. You'll see a nice, beautiful puddle of brine. And with this passion pink sauerkraut with your favorite beets in it, that'll be a, a nice ruby red color. And you grab your quart jar and you grab handfuls of your grated beets and sliced cabbage and pack them into the jar, pushing them down with a fist until the jar is just below the neck of the jar. And then we add some type of weight. I have people put in a little jar that fits inside. If you don't have something like that, we can um, take a jar, fill it with water, put a cap on, that will be enough weight to hold it below the brine. And then screw on the lid if you're not using the water jar and let it sit on your counter for anywhere up to four weeks. But within the first day, you'll start seeing lots of little bubbles rising to the top. You'll see the brine up there and the colors will change and fade. So that's kind of the basic process. So four weeks. So you, from the day that you make it, you really shouldn't eat it for four weeks. I, um, I let people kind of decide that on their own. There is research out there that the bacteria levels reach their prime around 21 days, all the different strains of bacteria that are part of that fermentation process. But people new to it, I really want them to just enjoy what they're eating. And as long as they get past about the five-day mark, 
where by that time the pH has dropped enough that it's below 4.0 to say that it's safe to eat and technically, and that plenty of lactic acid has been produced to preserve it, to give it that sour tang. So I have people start to taste it around five to seven days, see if they like the flavor, if they want it to be more sour, and then if they want it to ferment longer, have them put the lid back on and let it continue to ferment. But the idea is to love what you're eating and the first couple times there may be quite a bit of fear or angst or hesitation. So I try to work with that and not have a really strict guideline. But now that I've been fermenting, uh, mine tend to sit on the counter for three to four weeks and people say get more experienced and believe in B once they feel comfortable with the process. Hey guys, I want you to know what I've been doing for my health that is absolutely transforming it. I'm taking massive amounts of vitamin C. Now, it's not just the regular vitamin C. This is 100% natural and it only contains natural sources, whole foods like amla berry, camu camu berry, uh, cherry. So it's literally just ground up fruits and massive amounts and it delivers 750% of your daily recommended vitamin C. So I literally double it and I have just seen so many benefits. So go to ChantelRayWay.com slash vitamin C to get yours today. Awesome. Well, this is amazing. You've motivated me to make my own sauerkraut. I'm going to go ahead and try it. I'll have my assistant at home kind of help me with it, with all the chopping. So tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. So my website is makesauerkraut.com and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter all under, and uh, yeah, Instagram, anyway, under, and Pinterest, all under Make Sauerkraut. On the website, I have a great teaching recipe. It's the main recipe on the website and takes you through, it's like a mini online course. It takes you through all the steps one by one with lots of tips, etc. So there's um, great coverage of your first batch of sauerkraut. That's where I send people. It's my teaching recipe. So that would be the first thing I'd look for on the website is the teaching recipe. And then I've also put everything into a book and that's available if people like something to hold in their hands. But, and there's a sample of that book on the website that people can download and get with uh, the Passion Pink recipes in that little sample, get an idea of kind of the basic recipes and the basic steps. Awesome. Well, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayWay.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayWay.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.